0: welcome to the below the bell podcast this is episode six surprisingly enough actually um when i started this podcast i actually really wanted to push it and just make it a permanent fixture in my life i actually read a, an interesting statistic the other day that one of my mates sent me and it's if you record more than 17 podcasts you are in the top one percent of podcasters in the world by volume it's a pretty interesting stat. the reason it's interesting is is because it just shows kind of the magnitude of how quickly people give up like 17 episodes is not a whole lot of time particularly if you're putting your heart and soul into something like people will give up after 17 episodes just because it doesn't see a bit of traction it's like imagine giving up in the gym after 17 workouts or imagine giving up on you know trying to get a good job after 17 job applications and you still haven't got one like you don't just stop because fucking you can't be arsed with it you keep it going at the end of the day like this is something I enjoy doing it's just something I'll probably continue doing because I feel like it provides value to people even if it doesn't become the biggest podcast in the world I don't particularly care because I like just getting on the mic and just rambling some of my thoughts and speaking of which today uh, I am going to be a little bit narcissistic. I'm gonna talk about how my cut's going, um and hopefully it can provide a little bit of insight as to what to expect from a cut, um how I go about things, hopefully some things that you can implement in your own fat loss journey, um and just why I'm really enjoying the process of it so far. So for me, I have always loved being in a dieting phase. Now, for better or for worse, I love it because it means I can do more and I'm very much a person who piles a lot onto their plate because it helps keep me occupied probably need to learn to switch off a little bit more but with a cut I know that the more walking I do the more training I do the more I look after my health my fitness the more I focus on my recovery my sleep the better results I'm going to get it's almost one of them things where your reward is directly correlated to the effort that you put in whereas compared to a bulk There's only so much you can do. You can't necessarily push the calories ridiculously high because at the end of the day, you're just going to gain a load of fat. It's not going to help you. The muscle grows as quickly as it grows and there's nothing you can do to help that. Whereas with a cut, there is a much larger window of how far you can push it. Particularly for a male, we can generally handle a lot higher calorie deficit so we can go anywhere from between 500 to say 1200 calorie deficit per day depending on how big you are in the first place um, and not really see too many ill effects obviously there's a point where it just becomes starvation and everything is affected but we have really got like a nice sweet spot that we can work in Um, and that's why i just love the process of it and it's something where you can see results relatively quickly now i'm two weeks into mine now I can't necessarily notice a massive result, but I'm definitely noticing my bloats going down, I've got a little bit more energy, um, I'm a lot more conscious of things, and I think being leaner as well, it's it's one of them things where invariably it helps absolutely everything you do, so my goals are obviously aesthetics based, but I am running a marathon in five weeks, Um, and obviously every step I take, if I'm five six kilo lighter than I was when I started that's a lot less strain on my joints on my muscles on my aerobic system and obviously with the cuts as well comes more cardio so I'm just going to be fitter as well um generally being in a cutting phase means your rest and heart rate is going to go down. It usually does when you, use, when you lose a fair bit of weight. You're incorporating cardio, you're training hard, you're doing all the things right that you should be doing. I feel like in a bulk, a lot of the time, things can get away from you. You'll give yourself a little bit more leeway because you're like, oh, I'm trying to put size on anyway. What's a couple of pints? What's this? What's that? But you should always treat your cut and your bulk the exact same way. You should have a relatively rigid calorie target, and you shouldn't be going over or or under that by too much on a daily basis. And you should also still be incorporating cardio. Um, it's really important to incorporate that year round, even if you're you're in a bulk, because it gets very difficult once you've been in a prolonged bulking phase where you haven't been moving because you're trying to preserve your energy. You've just been lifting weights, and then you start doing a bit of cardio, and you're fucking blowing out your ass straight away. So. I love incorporating it year-round. It just makes me feel good. And obviously, when I've got the extra calories in a bulk, my performance generally is pretty good as well because I'm well-fueled and I can recover a lot better than I can recover when I am cutting. One thing I really like about a cut is it forces me to make healthier choices. I find when I bulk, although I would still say my diet is relatively healthy, there is a lot more room for me to eat a little bit of shit. And I generally notice that I feel a lot more sluggish when I am doing that for the past couple of weeks i like have really been prioritizing getting a lot of fiber in getting a lot of fruit in um getting a lot of lean meat in as well i I won't shy away from fat when it's there but again i try and pick the leaner cuts because it's a little bit more a little bit more in line with what i'm trying to do in terms of losing weight obviously fat is very very dense um and it doesn't fill you up too much so i'm trying to reduce that a little bit But uh, I've said that after I've just had a big 12-ounce sirloin steak off the barbie. It was fucking lovely. Um, But yeah, more fruits, more vegetables, more fiber. Um, Everything's feeling good. Everything's working the way it should. I've got a good amount of energy. and feeling nice and full. But I'm not feeling that kind of horrible bloat. I'm not feeling that mental cloudiness that I get with a bulk because I'm constantly forcing food down my neck when I'm doing it. It's just a better way of living, um, for me at least. Now, obviously, there is point where it does start to get difficult, I'm only two weeks in, so it's all well and good, me sitting here going, I love cutting, this is absolutely amazing. And then when I probably get eight or nine weeks in I'm probably gonna be a miserable bastard who can't even get a hard on. But that is the way it goes. Um and I think as as well as that, something I've just recently rediscovered, I don't know why it's took me so long to find it, is a slow cooker. I remember when my ma used to break the slow cooker out, she'd bring it out in the winter And me and our Molly would look at each other like, for fuck's sake, she's got to make that fucking beef thing she makes all the time. We'd be gutted, I'd absolutely hate it, i just think it was dead boring. And to be honest, I've got proper PTSD from the slow cooker. And it wasn't until I was like, right, okay, I need to start meal prepping a little bit more here. And I'm obviously spending a lot of time cooking healthy meals. What can I do about it? So I've bought a slow cooker and I've been fucking putting absolutely everything in it. I made some pulled chicken yesterday, which was dead easy. Chicken thighs, bit of Worcester sauce, uh, bit of Nando sauce, some chicken stock. Left that all day. Then I've done some nice curried, um, curry powder potatoes. Made a little bit of homemade guac, put a bit of yoghurt on top of there with the pulled chicken. It was fucking lovely. A little bit of raw red onion on there as well. Just proper nice, proper like comforting food that is really good for you. Everything was, was a whole food um aside from the nando sauce which isn't really too bad for you anyway um but yeah like uh, last night as well i made a uh a thai wasn't thai it was indian made like an indian coconut like mince curry with peas and rice in got like four meals out of that dead fucking simple i am loving the slow cooker i'm a proper slough for the slow cooker at the minute but it is definitely, definitely a great tool for you because you've only got to use it, say, twice a week, get yourself some little glass jars to put your food in, um, and you're golden. You're absolutely flying. I've, I, do you know what? I proper hated on people who meal prepped for some reason. I don't know why. There was just always this thing in me, but I was just thinking I could not be asked living out tupper Tupperware, but that's because I was seeing bodybuilders eating this plain-ass chicken, rice, and broccoli, just thinking, why are you not seasoning that food? Proper does not make any sense. You're eating this chicken breast that looks like it's being cooked in a dishwasher. And this rock-hard broccoli and you're eating it like five times a day. And I didn't for one second think, oh yeah, you can actually just make whatever you would normally make and just put it in a Tupperware, cook a little bit more of it. It's one of them things where, like, I feel like I've got a relatively decent amount of intelligence, but then common sense I really am lacking in sometimes. Um, But the slow cooker has been an excellent addition. 25 quid from Home and Bargain honestly proper brilliant purchase i'm probably going to buy another one so that on sundays i can cook two batches of meals at once so i've not got to wait for it all and then that'll be me really for for the majority of this cut and probably going into the bulk as well i found what's helping is lashing a load of meat in there so even just getting some lean beef putting it, that in there and just pulling it and putting it back inside the juices it's cooked in you can mix it with pasta rice you can put it on a little butty whatever you want It's fucking great. It's proper great. Like instead of just having to cook a steak every time and a house pure stinking of fat, it is absolutely boss. So, yeah, I think I've talked enough about the slow cooker. Anyway, what else is going on? Yeah. So benefits of this cut. So on top of that, more water. I am terrible at drinking water. I drink used to probably drink more coffee than i would drink water and i don't know why like hydration was is a proper low hanging fruit for, for performance for for satiating yourself and just for feeling good and for your skin to look nice and I'm, i just bought myself one of their massive fuck off five liter water bottles or whatever that's not five liters It's like two and a half liter water bottles just filling that up and swigging it off it makes me feel so much better I honestly sound like a, a PT who like, doesn't, like, know what he's on about. Like, I've just found meal prepping and I've just fucking discovered water. But really, like, <laughs> I'm drinking a lot more water. I'm feeling a lot better for it. I'm looking a lot better. I'm feeling a lot more confident. And the cognition is there as well. So there's so many benefits. You're so busy in a cut looking at, like, I can't eat this piece of dairy milk that's going to fucking give me about five seconds of pleasure but then you're missing out on all these like great benefits that you're getting from being a lot leaner. Just does not really make too much sense. Sorry if you can hear that in the background. This rabbit just m- sounds like she's also just discovered water. She's absolutely fucking lunging it back there. Um, but yeah, on top of that, something else that's really helped me is cutting out alcohol. I've spoke about this on my stories the last couple of day- days and honestly, like, I just feel like I sound like a proper end because I've only done two weeks off the aisle. But my God, like, the difference is amazing. Um, I spoke about this in the last podcast too, but like putting myself in positions where I would usually drink and then deciding not to drink to kind of build up that mental muscle of doing so. Since I've cut the ale out, I just feel better in every single aspect. I'm spending less money. Like, I'm not waking up hungover. I'm getting to do things with me evening. I'm not having that weird little limbo period to getting home after a few pints and thinking, oh, should I get back on it here and carry on or like, should I just, kind of sit and wait to be over, like that's gone there's none of that um and it's just really good like I'm, I'm gonna try and keep this up for as long as i can really but honestly i don't feel like i'm missing it whatsoever you just look at all the drawbacks of it something i always say to my clients as well my clients who perhaps probably do enjoy one too many bevies is can you imagine like the alcohol had just been discovered today and it was kind of presented in front of the House of Commons, and you were debating with it to legalise it, and you go, yeah, it's this drink, it's dead fattening, it's really bad for your heart, it gives you cancer, it makes you angry and want to fight people, and then the next day you feel like absolute shit, and you might have to take the day off work, or you're going to be depressed for the rest of the week, and then you're going to do it all over again the week after. Like, if that was pitched, you go, yeah, class A, fucking no way we're legalising that. But just because it's grandfathered in, and we've been bevying for absolute centuries it's just seen as like it's acceptable like don't get me wrong i do love a bevy but like i just always think this that's just proper fucking mad to me that proper does not make any sense but let's get on to um how i'm kind of going about this cut as well so for me at the minute i'm 72.3 kilo i started 74.5 on new year's day so i'm down like 2.2 kilo in about two weeks i'd imagine a fair bit of that was water weight um but nevertheless I'm losing weight at a steady rate and I'm I'm not rushing this process I never ever rush a cut because I feel like the harsher it is the harder it is to sustain um and I know a couple of people like I know me mate uh, Wazo he likes to just aggressively cut and just sacrifice everything for the 12 or 14 weeks that he's doing it and just get lean and get it over and done with and I take that approach with some of my clients because I think some of them could just do with a period of real discipline where we're just like, right, we're pushing, we're going for it, and it's going to be fucking hard. But I think sometimes if I take the nice coach approach and go, oh, we're going to be a little bit lenient, don't worry about this, don't worry about that. It just takes the piss and sometimes people can get a little bit disheartened. For me, because I'm also trying to run a marathon as well, I've got to kind of make sure I don't drop the calories too low in this first six weeks because me running is going to massively suffer. I'm not going to recover and I'm not going to be able to train. So for me, I'm just taking the moderate approach to it. Hopefully losing anywhere from like a pound to a pound and a half per week which seems like a nice sweet spot for me. Um, But what I'm going to do, and the way I do it with a lot of my clients as well, is I will go with like, I'll go with a big push, and then I'll go with a diet break. So I'll put myself on maintenance for a week just to give myself a little bit of leeway of just feeling like, oh, do you know what? That's nice. I can eat a few of the things I've been missing. I don't have to feel like I'm really being a proper knobhead about it and like just, cheating on me diet right I've defo picked the wit- my the rabbit has come to live in my office because it's the only room we can have for her honest to god the amount of time she fucking interrupts this podcast she, I think she's about to do it again she's like trying to jump behind the box and chew wire she's already chewed through the internet wire and she chewed through all four wires connecting a broadband that I had to buy more of she is a little bastard yeah you she's a little bastard so Apologies for having to pause this podcast sometimes to go and sort it out and stop being a little bitch, but it's got to be done anyway. Right, so yeah, back to it, wait, wait, wait. diet breaks. So diet breaks just give you a little bit of sanity um, and it just helps you set up and get ready for another push. For me as well, I find when I'm in a cut, after like, say, six to eight weeks, I do feel my performance starts to suffer in the gym a little bit. It's at that point when I'm like, right, okay, back on maintenance. Give myself a little bit of a kick up the arse in the gym, help me push the numbers up, and then I'll take a break again after about another six to eight weeks. What I'm planning on doing is getting as lean as I can tolerate, like, the leanest I've ever been before. Um, It's strange because if you've seen my physique at the minute, i've never i've been ripped once um i've never really enjoyed being really really lean because i just felt like it took away a lot more than it actually gave me like it was great when i had my top off but then when i had my top on i looked dead skinny and i don't even take my top off i live in england like it's like i'm living in spain where i can go for a little run is it on the beach or whatever it's just simply not like that um so I personally have never been really, really, really lean. That's what I'm going for this time. I am going to give it a big push. Um, and after that point is when I'm going to go on a very, very long bulk. I'm going to try and spend a good bit of time putting size on because since I started training, I worked this out through the other day, I've only really had like six-ish months where I really committed to a bulk. The rest of the time, I've just been in limbo. And it's meant my results have not really got like i'm very very strong and people look at me and think like how are you that strong and you're only that size and it's because i've spent so much time working on my strength and not necessarily pushing the numbers up in terms of calories that i can actually get into that position um but this time i'm going for it i'm going to try and cut to about 65 66 key and then i'm going to try a slow steady push up to 80 over the course of a year um, and have a few mini cuts, quite harsh mini cuts in between for whenever I'm going away, so I look good on the beach. Nothing wrong with that. Any PT that tells you it's wrong for you to want to look your best when you're on your own holiday is a sausage. Because let's be honest, why would you not want to look good? Most of the reason we are training is for vanity. Yes, loads of the good stuff comes with it, but let's be honest with ourselves. Like if we did not look how we trained, most of us would not train. It's a simple fact. But I think that's a good thing. I think it gives us a reason to push on in the gym. It gives us a reason to be training for health, strength, longevity. We all know about the correlation between muscle mass and aging. Obviously, the more you have, the better you age. So um, it's really like there's so many benefits to it to putting size on. Um, and loads of people just see it as always a meathead or she's a meter. She just wants to fucking put loads of muscle on. It's not that. It is not that simple. Um, so I plan on doing that for about a year. And I plan on sticking to kind of a bodybuilding split that I've got going on, but incorporating kettlebells like I have been doing. So loads of barbells, loads of machines, loads and loads of machines. I'm really loving them at the minute. Um, And then kettlebells as well are incorporated for things like Cossack squats, front squats. Um, I'm not doing as many kettlebell swings this time around. The reason being is because I don't really feel like I need to. They're not necessarily correlated with my goal. I've got about... Five sets of swings in across the course of a week and it's really just a superset with rdls on this program at the moment because i think it just helps finish the hamstrings off after the after the rdls um but yeah i'm not really too oriented around them or snatches uh clean and press definitely in there no turkish get-ups turkish get-ups suck i don't fucking know why people bother with them i do but they're just not for me um Pretty boring, pretty much of a, a waste of time for, for my goals, I, I believe. And the risk-reward with them as well is, obviously, the heavier you go, you're on your own. It's very, very easy to, to slip out of place doing a get-up and completely derail yourself from training for months. So, not really something that interests me at the moment. Um, but with that being said, like bodybuilding and kettlebells, it's a lovely, lovely blend because with the bodybuilding actually working directly on things like triceps, on things like my side delts, that's massively helped me pressing. Working on my rear delts has helped me rowing and my cleans. It all marries together. And I think anyone who tells you to train in only one way is a bit of a fool um you look at the majority of bodybuilders and they're just mass monsters who can't really move and then you look at the majority of kettlebell practitioners and they are really skilled and they're really talented with kettlebells but loads of them look like they don't train so like you want kind of the best of both worlds you don't just want to go oh well can i do this with a kettlebell like if you've got a fucking dumbbell go for it like use your dumbbell for a curl stop curling kettlebells like it's just weird you're not going to be able to overload the muscle as much if it's the only thing you've got access to obviously you have to but if you're in a gym with with other things available just be smart people who tell you like there's no best exercise there are almost certainly better exercise selections for certain parts of the body like that is just a fact some things work well for some body parts and some really do not um and it's up to you to kind of get a good coach who understands the horse for the course. You need to have a good understanding of what is going to work for your goals and what isn't. Loads of people come into to me and go, well, I want to get want a kettlebell train because, you know, I want to get shoulders like you or like him or like whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, let's get on the lateral raises. And they're like, oh, you're meant to be the kettlebell coach. I'm like, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not just going to try and get you to do a lateral raise with the kettlebell because it's just not going to go well for you and your wrists going to be absolutely knackered. Um, so it's about that right selection. Bodybuilding, kettlebell training, running, all three of those things are going to be massively synergistic. Let's use that word. They're all going to help each other. Um, and I think that's me for the foreseeable. It's what I enjoy doing. It keeps me healthy, keeps me fit, keeps me looking good and it keeps me moving well and it keeps me nice and mobile as well. So I think I have rambled on for long enough. I'm saying that because I'm going to have to cut this short because this little bastard rabbit is looking like she's going to try and chew the internet cable again. So thanks for listening and hopefully you will tune in next week for the following podcast.